This is Sarah from the Catholic Roundup at CatholicRoundup.com. You're listening to Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. Bon appetit! That's right. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com. And you're listening to episode 48 of the Catholic Foodie. Um, I don't know what to call this. How about uh, Thanksgiving something or other? I, I, I'm going to have to think of a name. I don't have one right right now, but let's get started anyway. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm so glad that you're here. That's right, we are at the beginning of the Thanksgiving break. Uh, Friday was uh, at 2 o'clock. My break started. I'm uh, very happy about that. I'm a teacher, high school teacher, so I, I, got, uh, I have the whole week off. I'm excited. This is a fantastic thing for me. Uh, and I, I, it's a much-needed break, a much-needed break. Anyway, what's on the menu today? Well, how about some ideas, more ideas for Thanksgiving? Uh, aperitifs, also some, uh, some appetizer soups. We've got lots of suggestions on how to avoid a food coma, and lots more here on The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, I'm also going to throw in some ideas for those Thanksgiving leftovers, and uh, we've got a, a review of the week. The review of the week, which isn't really much of a review, actually. It's, uh, it's more like a... Um, I haven't seen it. It's a movie. The 13th Day, you may have heard of it, about Fatima. I have not seen that movie yet, but uh, I've got uh, some clips from the trailer and also some comments that other people have made. I'd like to share that with you. I'm very excited about this movie, and uh, matter of fact, I think I'm ordering my copy from the Catholic Company this week. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes some good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a, uh, cookies, shortbread chocolate icing between very, it's good. Uh, it's very good. Hey, Jeff, this is Chris from Connecticut and from the Life on Fire podcast. I'm the, the less interesting half of the Life on Fire podcast. Tanya's the better half. But anyway, um, I just wanted to call to say I finally got around to subscribing to your show after multiple computer problems and all sorts of other stuff, and I really enjoy it. I like the blend of food and faith that you have, quote-unquote, on the menu. I also wanted to say that Tanya and I actually lived in Louisiana for a seven-month period of time, first in West Monroe and then in a small town called De Quincey, Louisiana, uh, in the southern part of the state. So we're, we're familiar with some of the food offerings there, uh, some of the things that we really enjoyed. Uh, we, we liked having uh, crawfish or crayfish, depending on how you pronounce them. Uh, we liked catfish. And... Uh, Oh, now I'm trying to remember the name of them. No, no. Oh, and Tanya's reminding me of the name of these wonderful little things we'd never had before called hush puppies. Those things were awesome. The other thing, uh, we, we went to a pig roast, and we had crackling, and we had deep-fried turkey for Thanksgiving, which we had never had before. So we got to experience all sorts of uh, food. We even had the opportunity to try, uh, what was it, alligator parmesan at a fancier restaurant but i decided not to do that i was a little bit worried about eating alligator although i heard it has the feeling of chicken with but it tastes like fish i don't know anyway again love your show and uh i hope the uh satsumas or clementines are are ripening up and ready for you to eat them now all right well god bless well, thank you so much, Chris, for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. You you got to try a lot of stuff when you were down here. Uh, yes, the Satsumas are uh, are here. Uh, we've got a tree right down the street, actually, and uh, uh, it's it's in someone else's yard. But that there is actually there's no someone. The house is for sale. No one lives there. So the kids go and they they pick up the ones that fall on the ground, and I guess they probably even 
uh, grab a few off the tree, the, the ones that they could reach. Um, but wow, you had some good stuff when you were here. Uh, hush puppies, I love hush puppies. I rarely get to eat them, though. I normally have them out every once in a while in the summertime. If we do a uh, fish fry, fry catfish or something, or, or shrimp, I might do some hush puppies as well. Um, alligator, yeah, I've had alligator before at the Jazz Fest, New Orleans Jazz Fest. It was alligator on a stick. It was uh, it was fried. And uh, interesting, yeah, you're right. It is. It's it's like chicken. It it tastes like chicken. It feels like chicken. Pretty much like everything else in the world, right? It's it tastes like chicken. Uh, let's see, what else did you you bring? Oh, the pig roast. <laughs> That's funny. A couchon de lait. A couchon de lait. I've never been to one. Um, I've had friends that have gone. They've told me about it, but I've never been to a couchon de lait. Uh, I would love to, though. We'll have to keep an eye out for the, one of those uh, somewhere over here. A lot of times, though, those, those things happen in, in more of the uh, the western, the southwestern part of uh, Louisiana, Lafayette area, out in there, out in that area. Um, and you mentioned something else. Oh, fried turkey. Oh, my goodness. I love fried turkey. Uh, when my grandfather, my dad's dad, when he was still alive, and we used to go to uh, Thanksgiving over at his house, the whole family, I mean, I was a little kid then, probably early early teens or uh, even younger than that, and uh, my grandmother was still alive back then as well. Uh, she, he used to do a fried turkey every year. He had a special turkey fryer, and they they would my grandmother would bake a turkey in the oven, and then he would do the fried turkey, and is awesome because he's got this uh, this big uh, uh, syringe, and he puts this Cajun seasoning, a lot of cayenne and all, in this syringe along with I guess they have to be some has to be some kind of a liquid. I don't know what he would put in there though. Uh, goodness gracious, it could it could have just been melted butter. But anyway, you you um, you would uh, shoot. I guess stick the 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 turkey in all these different places and inject uh cayenne and whatever other seasonings there were into the bird and then of course uh deep fry that thing and whoo golly I love it it was delicious um I I probably I, it's been a long time since I've had fried turkey I'd love to have uh some more uh but this year we're going to do our as I mentioned last episode our pepper stuffed turkey and Possibly. I know last year my parents came over and they brought a turducken, which is a, let me see, turducken. It's a chicken. No, it's a turkey stuffed with a duck stuffed with a chicken. <laughs> stuffed with some kind of sausage. I can't remember what what kind of sausage it is, but uh, you talk about good. That's good stuff. But it's uh, it's stuffed, and so it, it's actually boneless, believe it or not. It still retains the shape of a turkey, but um, for the most part, but without the bones. Very interesting. Hey, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. This is Father Jim Tucker the of the Catholic Creativity Podcast. I uh, just wanted to give you a call and let you know that um, that tonight is our official confirmation. The uh, the the sixteen or seventeen kids that I had um, that I was uh, teaching for the past seven weeks, I think, are finally to be confirmed tonight. And we'll have our our great Archbishop come, not the Archbishop, the Archbishop Emeritus, I I should say, come and confirm these these 17 kids. Also, a big thank you to all those, the three uh, adults that helped me. They were very, very helpful and um, and supportive. And thank you, uh, Jeff Young, for your support as well. Hope all all is going well. And... um, and of course, you could reach me at catholiccreativity.net. Uh, well, thank you, Father Jim. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that confirmation went well. Uh, as you know, uh, our confirmation was about a month ago, or a little bit over a month ago, and uh, it was it was fantastic. It was the best one I had uh, attended, um, and and I think ever. I mean, it was just amazing the reverence of these kids and and just the reverence inside that church. I, it's kind of unusual, you know? So I'm very glad to hear about yours, and uh, you were very welcome, by the way, as far as my help. I don't know how much help I really was. Uh, for those of you, if you, ha- if I haven't mentioned this before, uh, Father Jim and I had talked um, outside of the show, and uh, he had asked what I do as far as the confirmation program goes in my parish, and, and I shared just a few things with him. So very happy to do so, and uh, once again, I'm so happy that it went well. Hey, Jeff, this is uh, Tim from New Jersey, and I'm listening to the Trick or Treat 
episode. And I heard the caller call in about um, having some trouble getting her kids to eat salad. And I have a suggestion that's always worked in our house. Um, the thing that we do uh, in preparing the salad, because we uh, are like you, we have salad almost every main uh, dinner. And uh, what we try to do and what I suggest she does is we cut everything for the kids small. So the carrots are kind of uh, at, at a large dice. Uh, cucumbers are at a larger dice. We make sure if we're going to have like a mescaline blend, we throw in some romaine. So there's some crunch. So there's always something kind of crunchy and uh, that they're eating. And then if there's any snack vegetables that they like, um, uh, you know, snow peas or, uh, you know, they like peppers. Uh, whatever they happen to like as a snack vegetable, we make sure that's in the salad too, cut up. Uh, and then I found particularly, I'm not a big fan of bottle dressing. Um, I do have some Italian background, and so oh, I've always grown up making my own dressing. And I suggest um, a, a good olive oil with an acid uh, dressing. Um, whether you want to use a regular red wine vinegar or balsamic or if you want to use an acid, uh, a citrus, uh, lemon. And then um, the key to adding the dressing for the kids is to toss in a little bit of salt. And I know that, you know, we have to watch the salt, but the kids are so used to eating um, uh, wherever they go out, the, the food is is, uh, is very salty. That most of them have developed a taste for it, and they like it. And a little bit won't be too bad in the salad, and it'll get them to eat it. It'll taste good to them, and they'll get used to it. It's bite-sized; they'll enjoy it. Um, and I think um, this is a decent way to get the kids to eat the salad. Um, hope that's helpful. Uh, really enjoy the show and. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you, Tim. Those are wonderful suggestions. Um, Matter of fact, your salads, the way you do your salad dressing sounds a lot like uh, how we do ours. Uh, Red wine vinegar I use uh, quite a bit. Also lemon. We use lemon a lot, just olive oil, uh, lemon. Sometimes I'll even combine the two. Do a little bit of red wine vinegar, uh, do the lemon, and, uh, of course, salt. Uh, We always use salt. And we use kosher salt, coarse coarse, coarse. kosher salt, and, uh, oh, fresh crushed black pepper as well. I love that stuff, and uh, we usually top the salad with that. And, uh, oh, you know what else we use sometimes is uh, Dijon mustard. We'll put Dijon mustard into the, uh, uh, like, lemon and olive oil with Dijon mustard, a little salt and pepper. Not too much salt in that case because there's some already in the... uh, and the mustard, so uh, very good, very good stuff. Matter of fact, I've been on the uh, the, the Dijon mustard kick <laughs> quite a bit lately. Uh, I've made a salad dressing uh, probably four or five times in the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know when I make it, it usually lasts two days. So uh, we we have salad just about every night. Anyway, good stuff. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate that. We also received some email feedback that I'd like to share with you. And let me see where I put that. Uh, right here. We've got... Uh, this one is is not so much a uh, an email. This was actually from Plurk. If I could pull this up. This is Tim on Plurk, one of my Plurk buddies. Um, and if you don't know about Plurk, you can go check that out. At, I think it's Plurk.com. Uh, it's kind of like Twitter, but uh, the actual interface is a bit different. Um This is what Tim had to say. He says, thanks for the tip on Campbell's coffee. I ordered some, and I really like it. Uh, Did you get a chance to try Pete's? And uh, I'm so, Pete's is uh, P-E-T, apostrophe S. Uh, I'm so glad, Tim, that you liked uh, Campbell's coffee. Actually, I was very excited that you had ordered some. That was, uh, that's really cool. And (laughs) I have not tried Pete's yet. That's something that, uh, it's on the agenda I would love to. I don't know where to get it. I guess I have to order that as well. So uh, thank you for writing in. And we also have another email that came in from, uh, let me see, I'm trying to find everything here. Okay, this is, this is from uh, Jackie. Jackie, 
she's the one who won the contest last week, and uh, she was just saying how it was you know, such a surprise for her, a wonderful surprise to win the contest, and that uh, she's just been, I mean, she's just really happy about it. Uh, let me see, what did she say? She says something here I wanted to read to you. Uh, anyway, she picked a Catholic foodie apron, which uh, I'm very excited about. We got that out on the way to her. And what else? Uh, she said that uh, her family, she says, my family and I, are especially blessed this year as my parents are here and will be celebrating the holiday with us. Uh, they live on the other side or other half of the country in Pennsylvania, so we do not get to celebrate every holiday together. It has been fun menu planning with my mom to incorporate some of the items she and my dad love along with the items my husband and kids request every year. Uh, I eat pretty much anything, but I'm most excited about dessert as I am making a chocolate pecan pie that I have not made in many years. Mm-mm, that sounds good. I uh, can't wait to eat that with a glass of wine or a mug of cappuccino. Uh, I'm not sure which it'll be yet. Maybe both. I would recommend both, by the way. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to you and Char on your 11th wedding anniversary and on renewing your vows in the Holy Family Institute. It was wonderful to hear you talk about your special day on the podcast. If only we'd live closer... Uh, I have a 13-year-old who would love, who would have loved or have, have been happy to babysit for you that night. Another time, perhaps. Um, so anyway, thank you so much, uh, Jackie. Um, you know, we, as I mentioned last episode, I believe I did, we uh, did not find a babysitter. Uh, so we are trying to find one this week uh, because Charles' birthday is this coming Sunday, the same anniversary, the one-year anniversary of the Catholic Foodie is also Charles' birthday. So we want to celebrate, we want to go out to eat uh, that night, or if not that night, at least one night this week, maybe Friday. Uh, so we gotta, we're back in the babysitting, searching business, babysitter searching business. So you can say a prayer for that, please. Also, I want to thank uh, Mark and Edgar. Mark and Edgar left uh, reviews on iTunes, uh, wonderful reviews, and I, I just thank you all so much for that. Uh, if you want to read those reviews, just go over to iTunes, search for Catholic Foodie, and check them out. Uh, and while you're there, by the way, why don't you leave a review yourself? You can rate the show and also just uh, write a few thoughts about what you think about the Catholic Foodie. So uh, that, that's a wonderful thing to do. It really helps uh, to boost us up in the uh, in the rankings there at iTunes. So if someone searches for Catholic or food or foodie or something like that, they'll come across the Catholic foodie. So uh, please consider doing a writing a review, a short review. Doesn't have to be elaborate, and just takes a couple of minutes. So just go to iTunes and look for the Catholic foodie. Could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Oh, well, speaking of true love... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things I love when it comes to food and cooking and all that, but uh, one of the things that I am particularly uh, fond of is beer. That's right, beer. And I've talked about this on the show before. Not just any kind of beer, but good beer, really good beer. And I've got something to share with you today. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so tickled by this. I, I just, I don't even know what to say. Uh, the other day, I came home from work and to find this package, and it was a big package. It was from UPS. UPS had dropped that off. It was a big package, and uh, I, I'm just so tickled by this package. I've told you already. You guys know. You have heard me say it before that we have a special anniversary coming up, a very special anniversary, the one-year anniversary of the Catholic Foodie, and a very good friend of ours, a longtime listener, very good friend of ours, Mike Lindner, sent me a anniversary gift, which I'm, I am absolutely blown away by. But if you are on Ustream right now, you can see this anniversary gift. 
he sent me, and don't tell anybody this, okay, because I don't, I don't know. Well, just don't say anything. But uh, <laughs> this is the anniversary gift. This is beer. He sent beer. It is the Catholic Foodie Anniversary Ale. And if you're on Ustream, you can see this right now. Uh, it's got my own little label on here, the Catholic Foodie Anniversary Ale. Congratulations, Jeff, it says on here. I am so excited about this. Uh, he sent a six-pack of this, and this is home brew. He brewed this at home. It's his own stuff, and he sent this to me. Uh, I was just so uh, blown away by this. He sent a six-pack, so uh, I figured I would have one here today on the show uh, just because I can't wait until next week, <laughs> and I'll probably also pop open one next week for the anniversary show. So uh, let me let me go ahead and open this thing up. I brought a little uh, can opener or bottle opener here. See if you can hear this. Wow, that sounds great. And this is a brown ale, I believe is what Mike said. It's a brown ale. I'm going to pour this without, uh, hopefully without spilling it on, on my computer equipment. <laughs> Wow, if you're on Ustream, check out the head on that. Golly, awesome. So I am, I still got a little bit left in the bottle. I'm going to wait for this head to go down a little bit. Uh, but man, that's beautiful. Um, unfortunately, the only uh, pint glasses that I have are Shiner Bach pint glasses, which I got when, uh, I guess Shiner had a special promotional thing at this local uh, pub. And uh, went there with some friends of mine, and for every uh, every Shiner Bach you ordered, you got to keep the pint glass. So I made sure to order three or four <laughs> so that uh, I could bring them home. And I've got all these uh, pint glasses now. Well, four of them at least. But it's got Shiner Bach on there, which I guess that's okay. I guess that's all right. Uh, Shiner Bach is okay. It's pretty good. All right. Well, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and give this thing a little taste. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. That is a fantastic brown ale. Mike wrote me an email the other day saying that it wasn't his best. It was just, uh, it was pretty good, but not his best. But Mike, if this isn't your best, oh my goodness, I, I can't wait to try the, 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 the best. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for this wonderful gift. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Inga says on uh, on Facebook, I mean not Facebook, on uh, uh, sqpnconnect.ning.com, where we are live right now. She says, I'm making her thirsty. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. We've got, um, we've got some exciting things to talk about today. Uh, once again, we're in Thanksgiving week, and I do have some things I want to share with you about Thanksgiving. And uh, a couple of ideas, recommendations, uh, things like that. First of all, I want to talk to you about a possible uh, cocktail, an aperitif. An aperitif, or in Spanish, I believe it is aperitivo. It's a champagne uh, cocktail, actually. And uh, this recipe comes from Chef John Besh, which I, you may have heard me talk about him before. He's a local boy down here in Louisiana. And he came up with this uh, called Champagne Mojitos. And you may have heard about the mojitos. Matter of fact... Captain Jeff called in a number of episodes back with a, a recipe when he was on vacation for a few days with his family uh, on the East Coast. He made uh, mojitos uh, uh, one night and uh, was talking about what he did and how, how much they enjoyed them. So uh, this is from Chef John Besh, and it's uh, a, a little uh, rendition, I guess, a different twist on mojitos. It's uh, sh with champagne. Uh, the, the website says this puckery drink is prepared with rum and fresh mint like a classic mojito, but New Orleans chef John Besh makes it holiday-worthy by topping it with a splash of champagne. So, not complicated. Basically, what you got to do is make a, a simple syrup. If you don't know what a simple syrup is, it's basically uh, a liquefied, uh, highly, highly sugary, syrupy, um, uh, well, syrup <laughs> that is added to drinks, cocktails, to make them uh, sweeter, and what you do is you just put, put equal 
parts uh, sugar and water in a in a pan, a saucepan, and heat that up uh, over high heat just until the sugar has dissolved. You know, you got to stir it up. You don't want to burn it. Uh, stir it up, and then you let it cool to room temperature. Uh, but it makes a, a a real sweet syrup that you can use for um, uh, for cocktails. Anyway, so you use about three. Was it three quarter cup of sugar and three quarter cup of water? Uh, you're gonna need uh, some packed mint leaves, about one and a half cups of mint leaves. Uh, you can also use some mint sprigs for garnish. Uh, six limes, two cups of light rum, cracked ice, and three cups of champagne or sparkling wine. So, with the directions say, uh, you make the simple syrup first of all. Then you take a large pitcher and you combine the sugar syrup. Uh, along with uh, the mint, uh, mint leaves, and uh, lime wedges, and you muddle them well. And muddling is, you can use a wooden spoon, but they do have a thing if you have a a professional bar at home, uh, which you might not, but if you do, they have a thing called a muddler, muddler. And it's uh, basically a wooden, uh, it's, uh, it's circular, but it's got a flat end at the bottom, uh, kind of like a hammer, it's just it's straight down though, and you use that to crush things in the bottom of a glass. So you can use a wooden spoon as well, you just muddle it up, and you add the rum, and you stir well, and then you strain the drink. You want to take all the uh, the stuff that you added, the mint leaves and the um, the uh, the limes and all that, you want to strain that out, and you so you strain the, the drink into another pitcher, then you can fill tall glasses with cracked ice and pour in the drink, filling them about... Two-thirds full. You don't want to do it all the way. And you top it with champagne and then garnish it with mint sprigs. So that may be a very nice uh, cocktail and aperitif to serve for your Thanksgiving uh, dinner. And let's see. There was something else. Uh, oh, for an appetizer. How about a couple of suggestions for appetizers? This one that I wanted to share with you is, if I can bring it up. I had problems with the other one. Oh, this is it right here. Let me let me pull this thing up. Is a sweet potato chipotle and apple soup. How about that for an appetizer? Before you cut into the turkey. A sweet potato chipotle and apple soup recipe. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what's in it. As far as the directions go, I'll post a link on, uh, on catholicfoodie.com for you to check it out. But uh, vegetable oil, white onion, garlic... Uh, freshly grated ginger ga- uh, gala apples, peeled, seeded, and coarsely chopped, uh, celery, sweet potatoes, uh, chicken stock, and we're going to talk about stock a little bit later, uh, cups, we can see three cups of water, small canned chipotle, and adobo sauce, seeded and minced, salt and uh, white pepper, wow, freshly ground white pepper, uh, which I don't like, by the way. I don't like white pepper. I'd probably just stick with black pepper for that. Uh, also, cinnamon, sugar, and three yellow corn tortillas. So this sounds like a very interesting soup. Uh, the tortillas basically are going to work as a uh, garnish for the soup. It's not going to be uh, um, part of the recipe necessarily. Uh, but I will post that one online. It looks delicious. And I'm going to see if I could talk Char into doing one of these two. Another one I wanted to share with you is a white bean soup with bacon and herbs. That sounds so good. <laughs> I love white beans. Um, I cook them Cajun style, you know. Uh, but this is a little bit different, but it just sounds so good. This is a light broth loaded with chunky great northern beans and topped with a sprinkling of bacon. Uh, this soup was inspired uh, by the caldo gallego which is a Spanish white bean soup uh, from uh, that Jose uh, Garces serves in, at Amada. Amada is a restaurant, apparently. I don't know where that is, though. Anyway, you've got uh, bacon. Ooh, good. Oh, this is great. One and a quarter pounds of thick sliced bacon. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, extra virgin olive oil, Spanish onion, large carrot, celery ribs, two of them, uh, garlic cloves, four. I'd probably increase that to six or eight. You know me. Uh, fresh bay leaf, also some thyme, rosemary, uh, great northern beans, which I might, I would probably substitute the navy beans for that. I like the smaller beans, uh, white beans. And then 10 cups of chicken stock and salt and fresh ground pepper. Uh, lots of stock going on, and we're going to talk more about stock, as I mentioned, in just a bit. 
So once again, I will put the link to this appetizer on in the show notes. And man, I got a picture here, and it just looks so good. So uh, if you have any suggestions of ways that I can talk Charn to let me do this, uh, let me know. A long time ago, way back in history, when all there was to drink was nothing but cups of tea, along came a man by the name of Charlie Mops, and he invented a wonderful drink, and he made it out of hops. He must have been an admiral or a sultan or a king, and to his praises we shall always sing. Look what he has done for us, he's filled us up with cheer. The Lord bless Charlie Mops, the man who invented beer, 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 tiddly beer, beer. That's right. Beer, 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 beer. I, I wanted to play that because, first of all, I think it's a really cool song. That is the broad, uh, I can't pronounce this word, Brodenigian something or other, Bards. I got this on it's Podsafe Music from uh, Music Alley, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to this. Great song, and I wanted to play that because I'd like to toast Mike Lindner once again. I'm about to take a sip of my... Uh, Ale, my anniversary ale from him. I just wanted to toast you, Mike. Here's to you. And thank you so much once again. Here we go with another sip. Uh, Inga, I hope I hope you are getting thirsty out there. <laughs> All right. I, you know, I don't know about you, but every Thanksgiving, I experience something that uh, it, it's, it's, it's nice, it's relaxing, but it's not always a welcome thing. And you may experience this too. I'm talking about a food coma. <laughs> That's right, a food coma. I tend to eat a good amount on Thanksgiving. I think that's kind of what it's all about, right? You're giving thanks, and we we uh, rejoice in the bounty of God, the the gifts that He's given us, and we do that with food, food and family, and uh, eating a lot on Thanksgiving is is um, well, it's it's just sort of a cultural phenomenon. Anyway, uh, oftentimes this. Overeating on Thanksgiving can lead to something known as a food coma. And how do I experience that? Well, after I get up from the table, finally, uh, I will make my way over to the uh, recliner and I proceed to sit down in said recliner. And uh, next thing I know, it's probably an hour or so later. And I'm waking up and uh, just, just about too full to move sometimes. So uh, <laughs> what are some ways that we can avoid the food coma? That, that's to say if you want to avoid the food coma, we don't necessarily have to do that. Uh, some of us might enjoy it. Uh, but one thing that I would recommend is just some suggestions, some things I thought up uh, that, may, that may help. Um, number one is just pace yourself. And this is a big one, not to, uh, not to, to go too fast. Uh, I've heard it said that it takes about 15 minutes before the brain realizes that you're full. I mean, your stomach will send the message to your brain saying, hey, uh, stop eating, I'm, I'm full. But it takes 15 minutes for that to, uh, to get to the brain, for the brain to register that you're full. If that's, whether that's true or not, I have no idea. That's what I've heard, and uh, that's, that's what I'm going to stick to uh, for now. So I recommend you pace yourself. That way, instead of gorging yourself all at once and then finding out that you're full, uh, you will find out before you finished eating your meal. Uh, one thing that will really help in this area is to serve the meal in courses, to serve them in courses. And I will um, – here's what I would recommend um, if you serve the meal in courses. See, doing that, it, it really uh, – it forces you to pace yourself. And the best way to do this, I think, is to have someone designated. It could be the host. It probably should be the host of the uh, of the dinner. If you have, you know, more family members, extended family, or friends, or whoever over, uh, the hosts can actually be the servers. And what you do is you set the table and you have your salads out already. Um, and then once everybody is finished with the salad, they remove the salad and they bring the appetizer, maybe soup. And then when everybody's done with that, you clear that away, bring in the, uh, the main dish, and that way it's a little bit of work. It's actually a lot of work for those who are, uh, are serving, but what it does is it keeps everybody on the same page. Everybody is at the same point of the meal, and it forces you to pace yourself. And it's kind of what happens in a restaurant. You go out to a restaurant, what do they do? They don't <laughs> – if it's a good restaurant <laughs> – they don't bring all your courses out at one time. 
Uh, I think I mentioned last week, uh, Char and I did have an experience at a restaurant last week where, uh, unfortunately, our salad and our uh, our entree arrived at the same time. It was it was kind of upsetting, especially since we had to wait an hour for the food to arrive. But uh, that always turns me off about a restaurant if they can't get it right. You got to have your appetizers or your salads first, then bring the entrees. Very important. You don't want everything to arrive at the same time. Uh, the only difference is if we have the kids with us, oftentimes we'll say, just bring the kids stuff out whenever it's ready. And then, you know, we'll take our time, the, the adults, with our uh, our entrees. So uh, if you pace yourself at home by having servers, someone serve the meal, that will help you not to get as full as quickly. If you are at the table, though, and serving the plates at the table, how about this? As a strategy to help you uh, eat a little bit less, enjoy the food without getting stuffed, how about using smaller serving utensils? So instead of having this big, huge serving spoon uh, that you use to scoop this just gargantuan scoop of cream spinach onto your plate, <laughs> how about a smaller spoon? That way you may, you may do two or three spoonfuls, but it helps you to kind of gauge how much you're actually putting on your plate. So smaller serving utensils. And uh, you need to take a break also before dessert. After you're done with the meal and the plates are cleared away, before dessert comes, you know, just flying onto the table, just wait a few minutes, relax, enjoy, and, uh, and just let your food settle first before uh, having dessert. Also, I recommend having coffee, serving coffee with dessert, whether it's either, you know, regular and or decaf, whatever you think, but having something like coffee, an after-dinner drink, uh, with dessert. Matter of fact, you could actually serve an after-dinner drink, like a, a, a B&B, brandy and Benedictine, for instance, a uh, number of different um, coffee drinks or after-dinner dinner, after dinner drinks that you could serve that help you to fill up a little bit with liquid, which, uh, you know, that passes very quickly. It, it, uh, the, the sense of being full from a, from a liquid will uh, subside very quickly rather than uh, with food, with dessert. Now, one thing that I have not mentioned that should be a standard, should be included 100% all the time throughout the course of this meal, and that is good, lively conversation. Conversation with your family, whoever's sitting at the table with you, there should be conversation. This is a joyous time. It is a family time. It is time to talk and to enjoy yourselves. And uh, please don't just sit there and eat without, without talking. Getting into some really good conversations helps you to pace yourself as well. So those are just a few thoughts that I would like to share with you on avoiding the annual Thanksgiving food coma. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, one thing uh, I'd like to share with you as well, a couple of ideas on those leftovers. I mean, we have just a few days, really, what, four days, I think, uh, not counting today, before Thanksgiving. So what happens every year? You know, I have leftovers on purpose. I've told you that before. Uh, I have rest, I have leftovers on purpose because I like to make my turkey and andouille gumbo, uh, which, by the way, I am going to put uh, recipes on the website for that on uh, at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, but, you know, some people may not plan on having leftovers, or it's one of those things where, you know, leftovers are just a fact of life. You're going to have them, and that's that. I mean, you can't do anything about it. Uh, but what do you do with them? You know, sometimes you can eat turkey again, just reheat it, uh, reheat the rice and gravy, reheat everything else, and have a, a second Thanksgiving meal the day after. That's completely possible. A lot of people do that. We often do that. Uh, but what after, if you have more left over, what do you do then? How about some creative ideas uh, of what you can do with that leftover turkey that hopefully uh, will change the taste of the turkey so you don't feel like you're just eating leftover Thanksgiving? 
you know, something that'll that'll change it up, kind of as Emerald says, kick it up a notch so that uh, it, it's more of a different experience for you. Uh, one thing that you could do, and this is uh, fairly, um, I guess, common, and it, and it, your turkey will still be like turkey, is a turkey pot pie. Turkey pot pie is something that you could really use almost all of your ingredients, right? I mean, not your ingredients, all of your leftovers. If you've got sweet potatoes left over, if you've got spinach left over, carrots left over, uh, whatever you may have left over, you really could put together a turkey pot pie uh, using almost all your leftovers. Um, so that's something to consider. Also, there is a recipe I have here for a curried turkey soup. All right, so curried turkey soup. This is a recipe I found online. Uh, matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my chicken curried soup, or curried chicken soup, rather, on the website as well, and you would just uh, substitute the, uh, the, the, the chicken for the turkey or the turkey for the chicken or however that goes. Uh, but what about this? you got butter. you got curry powder, uh, minced, peeled, fresh ginger, garlic, uh, broth. You need some broth or some stock. You could use stock as well. Uh, chopped onion, leek, chopped leek, um, apple, golden delicious apple, carrot, celery, uh, cooked turkey. That's your leftovers. Lemon juice, white pepper. Once again, I'd probably just stick with black pepper. What about evaporated skim milk? And then uh, all-purpose flour. If you really wanted to change it up a bit, Instead of the skim milk, you could use coconut milk. Hmm, that's a good thought. I've done that before, too. Uh, if you like coconut, you may want to do that. It adds a really good flavor to it. All right, also you need some uh, rice, cooked rice, um, some golden delicious apples, uh, dried, or I'm sorry, diced golden delicious apples uh, for, um, what do you call it, um, garnish, and also uh, dry roasted peanuts, fresh parsley, and sweetened coconut. There you go, coconut. So you really could use coconut milk instead of the evaporated milk. That sounds pretty good. So that would be a curried turkey soup, and you would add the rice in there, top with the fresh parsley, add dry roasted peanuts. Of course, it's, it's very important that, that you add the peanuts at the very end, right before you eat them, so that you have that crunch in there, and it's not uh, that the, the peanuts don't uh, soften in the uh, in the liquid. So what you want to do is add the peanuts to the bowl. After you serve the bowls, peanuts, parsley, uh, you can put uh, some apple in there as well. And uh, the the uh, the flaked coconut sounds good, very good. All right, what was the other one I had to share with you? One more soup that really changes things up a lot. How about a turkey tortilla soup? I know uh, if you've been in Mexican restaurants, uh, like I have, I often see on the menu a tortilla soup, and, and more often than not, that uh, tortilla soup is made with chicken. But why not make it with turkey? Once again, this is something that will change the taste of the leftover turkey, so it doesn't feel like you're, uh, you're just eating Thanksgiving all over again. So uh, here you got corn tortillas, once again, cut in strips. Um, cooking oil, I prefer the uh, prefer vegetable oil because you can heat that up a little bit higher and without the danger of it uh, burning. You, you, uh, olive oil, I love the taste of olive oil, but as far as high temps go, that is not what you want to use. It, it doesn't handle high heat very well. Peanut oil is probably the best for high heat, uh, but vegetable oil will do just fine, especially for something like this. Uh, you can get uh, either a purchased red or green salsa, or if you like me, make your own salsa. I have a recipe on uh, over at catholicfoodie.com for my fresh salsa. You can uh, check that out if you want to use this recipe. Uh, also, let's see, uh, chicken broth once again, or stock. And let's see, zucchini, a large zucchini, coarsely chopped. Of course, you've got your turkey, uh, which you can either uh, you could chop it or uh, kind of cube it. Uh, not too small. You don't want it in too small. Another idea would be to shred it if you like shredded turkey, uh, to shred that into the soup. Uh, lime wedges are optional but sound very good to me. And then sour cream and cilantro. Those two things are, are listed as optional as well, but they will not be optional in my house. You'd have to have the lime, the sour cream, and the cilantro. Why? Because it gives an incredible taste, an incredible finish to the soup. So um, that's another one you may want to think about. Once again, link on in the show notes catholicfoodie.com. And now let's talk about that stock real quick. I've mentioned stock a few times. Uh, you know, when you have Thanksgiving, uh, you eat 
this big old turkey, and what are you left over? What, what, what's left over besides leftover turkey meat? You will have bones, turkey bones. And, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to bet that the majority, vast majority of people who uh, prepare a turkey on Thanksgiving will throw those bones away. But I say, stop. Don't do that. Don't throw them away. Here's an excellent thing you can do with those leftover bones. You can make a stock with that, uh, with those um, those bones. So don't don't uh, don't throw them away. What you're going to need, though, in addition to the the carcass, the turkey carcass, and what we do is, I mean, even the bones that someone may have eaten on, right? Let's say somebody at the table has a turkey uh, drumstick and they eat off that bone. Don't throw it away because what are you going to do with it? It's going to go into a pot of boiling water. There's no germs that are going to that are going to survive that. Uh, so we save all our bones. We save them. We'll put them in Ziploc bags and freezer bags, and we will uh, stick them in the freezer mainly because our turkey is so big that it's going to take a few days before we debone the whole thing. So I can always pull those bones out of the freezer when I'm ready. Uh, but we keep those bones, and uh, this is what you could do in a large stock pot, right? You add the celery, celery, onions, water, salt, peppercorns, and bay leaves. Uh, usually use about four bay leaves uh, and, and enough water to cover the carcass. You bring it to a boiler, you reduce the heat uh, to medium, simmer, for about two hours, simmer uncovered for about two hours. Then you remove from the heat. You skim away the fat because it'll it'll rise up to the surface. And then you strain it through a large, fine mesh sieve. Uh, you reserve any meat that has fallen off the bones. And you pick off any meat that may still remain on the carcass. It's amazing how much meat you can get off of a carcass when you uh, when you prepare a stock like this. Uh, reserve the onions and the celery for the for a gumbo if you're going to make a gumbo. And uh, either use this right away or store it in the freezer. So that is so simple. All you do is throw these things together. You put it into a, um, into a uh, stock pot, uh, simmer it for two hours, and then you have this wonderful, delicious stock that you can use in gumbos, soups. And uh, I don't know if you use it in anything else. I guess you could. But uh, instead of buying chicken broth at the store, why not have your own stock? And you're using stuff you have at hand anyway. So very good idea. That's what I do every year. And uh, if you do do this, and this is the first time for you to do it this year, let me know. I'd like to know how it turns out. If you'd like to find God in all things, then you're invited to a discussion of the mystery of God through movies and TV and good stories. This is Father Jim Tucker, a priest of the Archdiocese of Newark in New Jersey and host of the Catholic Creativity Podcast. Just as the Israelites escaping from Egypt melted down Egyptian gold for their own worship of God, so we will melt down parts of the popular culture to see how God can be glorified in them. We'll take a critical look at movies, TV, and novels to see if God is speaking through them. So look for us on iTunes or join us at www.catholiccreativity.net. That's our good friend, Father Jim Tucker. And if you haven't checked out his podcast yet, go ahead and go over there and uh, catholiccreativity.net and, uh, and give it a listen. Fantastic stuff. Well, we're going to wrap up the show today. Uh, this, is the, this is it. This is the end of the show. Uh, I was going to do a review of the week, but uh, I think I'm going to hold off on that. Uh, you know, I do have a bit of news to share with you before I close everything out. Um, it's possible. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm off all week, as I mentioned. It is possible that I will do another episode this week, during the week, maybe on Tuesday, um, and it'll be a short one, believe it or not. This is coming from me. I can't do a short podcast to save my life, apparently, but uh, this will be a short one, and maybe something a little different, a little kind of off the menu, you know? One of those things that uh, you don't see around here often. I may do something like that. Anyway, it will basically be episode 49. And uh, I'm going to keep it to like 20, 30 minutes tops, 30 minutes tops. Uh, and it may even be a, a video episode like I've done in the past when I reviewed uh, a couple of uh, books. Uh, so we'll see. I'm still thinking about that. But the reason for doing it is that will make the anniversary episode next week, episode 50. So, uh, uh, if you have any thoughts on that, let me know. You can email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com or give me a call. Give me a call, the voice feedback line at 985-635-4974. I love hearing from you. I will play your feedback on the show 
And of course, that is the preferred way to receive feedback. Why? Because we get to hear your voice. We get to hear you and what you sound like. It's, uh, it's, it's personal. So uh, please give me a call, 985-635-4974. Uh, also, just a particular request for feedback. Uh, the anniversary episode is going to involve uh, sort of like a, a look in the past, a look over the past year and some of the highlights of The Catholic Foodie, if you've been a long-time listener, you may have some particular episodes or particular topics that you really liked. Uh, I would love to hear from you about that. Um, it's hard for me to go back and listen to everything or to look over my notes and say, oh, well, this is really good, or I like this, and there's a few things that stand out. But I really thought, you know, for this episode, the anniversary, I'd love to hear what stood out for you. So if you would... Uh, just make a few notes as to what episodes maybe or what topics uh, really stand out for you or stood out for you this past year, and give me a call. Please give me a call with this, 985-635-4974. I'd love to play voice feedback next episode uh, of people just sharing what, what they thought was a good thing that happened this past year with Catholic Foodie. So uh, please consider doing that. By the way, when you do call that number, if you've never called before, it's just an answering machine, basically. It's an online answering machine. Just you leave a message, and that's it, and uh, not a problem. It's, it's uh, not complicated. You don't have to do anything special. You just dial the number. It picks up, and uh, it's got a little intro message from me, and then you just start to, uh, to talk and share what you have to say. So please consider doing that, 985-635-4974. I want to hear from you this week so I can play it on next week's show. Also, another thing I haven't mentioned the last couple of episodes, but uh, since it is the one-year anniversary and I do have some expenses uh, coming up in the next uh, two weeks, excuse me, I do have some expenses coming up in the next two weeks uh, for the Catholic Foodie. Uh, I do ask for donations. We are... Uh, we do accept donations. There is a button on the website at uh, catholicfoodie.com. It's on the right-hand or in the right-hand sidebar on the side of the uh, your browser window there on the Catholic Foodie website where you can uh, just click that button and leave uh, or, or make a donation via PayPal. And you can use any credit card. You don't have to be a member of PayPal to do that. And uh, any amount, I mean, if you just just $5, $10, $5, $2, Whatever it may be, if you would consider just making a donation to help me cover some of the cost that I have of producing the Catholic Foodie, it would be greatly appreciated. And thank you so much for considering that. Uh, and also, great, great shows over at sqpn.com. Please go and check them out. Uh, we got a lot of good Secrets of uh, podcast out there, Secrets of Star Wars, Secrets of Harry Potter, all kind of good stuff. So uh, please go over to sqpn.com. Catholic Foodie is over there as well. And, uh, and check out all the great Catholic content we have over there. And anyway, until next week or maybe even Tuesday, uh, bon appétit. Catholic New Media.